Welcome to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast, conversations designed to help you as you live, learn, and lead through pain. And now the host of the Nothing Is Wasted podcast, Davey Blackburn. Hello, welcome to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. My name is Davey. I'm your host. Joining me, Mel, our co-host. Mel, it's good to see you. Good to see you too, Davey. I'm so excited about today's episode. I am too. And I, when you listened to this, you were like, Davey, I want to be friends with Mayor Knox. Because I think that we would be really good you friends. You would be fantastic <laughs> friends. And Mayor is incredible. You're going to just glean so much from this interview as the listener. Um, there's all kinds of topics that we talk about. I mean, we kind of run the gamut. In fact, we're going to bring her back on and do a bonus episode for our partners, for our monthly partners. So if you want to become a monthly partner and hear some more from Mayor Knox after this interview, make sure you go to nothingiswasted.com slash partners. But we talk quite a bit in this interview about singleness, right? Because Mayor's been single for a while. It's something she talks about a lot and just talking about the season of singleness. Um, Mel, do you have any single stories, I mean, real stories, funny stories, because you spent a season after, you know, you became a Christian where you were single for a little while. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately in Christianity, there's this stigma where like something's wrong if you're single. You know, I I don't know. know why that's the case, but we wanted to hit that head on here. Well, being an Enneagram 8, I was pretty convinced I was going to be single forever because I was like, nobody's going to want to mess with my crazy personality. <laughs> <laughs> Probably be single for a long time. Who can handle me, to be honest? Yeah. Um, but I remember very clearly um, in 2004, right after I came uh, to Christ, um, him t- just laying on my heart, you are going to be se- single for a long season. And mm. um, it was five years, um, almost to the month. And um, it was definitely a hard season. It was a good season. You know, uh, I grew immensely in um, my relationship with Jesus. I maximized it. I traveled. I went places. Um, I uh, gave my life away and discipled women. Um, But there were always, there were definitely times when uh, I would, just go down this rabbit hole of like getting on Facebook and like seeing what college friends are up to or high school <laughs> friends. And I remember specifically sitting uh, in my apartment and it was like a Friday night. And I'm like, gosh, I don't even, I don't think I've been on a date in like a year or like six months. And every single one of my friends has a name change. And then I started to <laughs> ugly cry. <laughs> like, uh, Where's the cats at? I'm going to be single forever. <laughs> single and alone. Um, but in 2009, uh, right before Charlie and I started dating, actually, uh, I went to a Desiring God conference and, you know, there's all these like big leaders of the faith, like mm-hmm. Tim Keller, John MacArthur, uh, John Piper, obviously. Um, but that year specifically, they had Helen Rosevere mm. and nobody really knew who Helen was. I did because she's literally my hero, like hero of the faith, yeah. person that I love the most. Right. Um, and so I'm like searching for her. So I go to the oh, front hold on. row. Before you tell us what happened with Helen Rosevere, who is she? Because I, I don't know who she is. I mean, okay. I, yeah. So she is, uh, she was single her entire life. Okay. Um, she was a missionary to the Congo uh, okay. and um, she was a doctor. And so she went out there. She um, basically... Uh, shared the gospel and he helped do surgeries. She helped build a hospital. She wrote textbooks to oh, replace wow. herself to educate doctors. Um, but unfortunately, she went through a very hard time. Um, she was beaten and oh my gosh. Um, 
yeah, and raped. And but she went back. So she came home after that for a little bit, and then she went back because she felt like God was still calling her wow. to love and share the gospel um, there. Wow. So now I see why she was a hero of the faith for you. I mean, holy yes. cow! Wow. And when you read Helen, she is one of the most real people that I've ever written. I mean, she is so um, authentic and honest when it comes to her sin, but how Jesus is greater than mm. her sin and how he grew her. Um, and so anyway, I love Helen wow. Rosevere. So I go up to the front row and I am looking for, and she's with her travel buddy. She's at this point, she was 83 years old. Wow. And um, I sit back sick next to her. And I have this book that I've read more times than I can count. And I'm like, hi, Helen, um, you've had a profound impact on my life. Would you sign my book? And she grabs my hand. And it's one thing, like I'm, I've read so much of her. So these are the hands that built bricks, that built a hospital. These are the hands wow. that cared for thousands of people. And she's grabbing my hands and she's like, the Lord Jesus Christ did not have a spouse and you do not need a spouse either. And I just sat back like, Girlfriend, did you just prophesy singleness in my life? <laughs> this was a huge mistake coming up here and talking was to you. Is this a prophetic word or is this just something yes. you're challenging me with? That's <laughs> so exactly. funny. Exactly. Luckily, <laughs> a year later, Charlie and I got together. You met the man of your dreams, the new hero yeah. of your faith. Just kidding. Exactly. Um, <laughs> oh, that's but, awesome. But I love some, I say all that and um, I just feel like listening to Mayor's, Mayor's story right. today, um, I just love all the wisdom and the thoughts and the fact that she's um, not waiting for her life to start. Like she has such a right mentality yeah, yeah. Um, when she views marriage and singleness. Yeah. It, it can be frustrating when you will find yourself in a season of singleness, especially if, mm -hmm. you know, there's a, a heart's desire for you to, and you feel called to marriage. Um, and it can be really frustrating when people don't understand you know, when they kind of impose this thing, it's like, you don't, especially family members where they're going like, okay, so what's the update on your dating life? What's the update on your dating life? And and you're finding yourself in a season where you're like, I'm totally content. Like I'm not sitting here, you know, twiddling my thumbs, trying to figure out when is God going to bring me a mate? You know, I've got mission that I'm doing. I'm, exactly. I'm moving forward right now. I've got things that I'm accomplishing for the kingdom. And that's what I think is so beautiful about uh, this conversation with Mayor, but also just about the seasons of singleness that you are that you find yourself in, no matter what those seasons are. Yeah, but those can be redemptive seasons, whether it's you've never been married or you've lost a spouse, you know, either mm -hmm. through death or divorce, and you find yourself again in a single of a season of singleness. My one of my heroes is Elizabeth Elliot, because mm -hmm. I feel like that she was a major voice in my life as I was being prepared for marriage when I was in a, a season of singleness before I met Amanda. And then I read a book that I always recommend to people and I would recommend, highly recommend to a, any listener who's found themselves in space of loneliness or abandonment or betrayal or loss. And that is The Path of Loneliness by Elizabeth Elliot. I read that after mm -hmm. Amanda passed away. And it's Elizabeth Elliot talking about her perspective from having lost her first husband to murder, essentially, on the mission field, and her second husband to cancer. And then she's married to a third man, and she's writing, mm -hmm. reflecting back on the things that God taught her in her loneliness seasons. And mm -hmm. it's so good, the richness that you can come into in your relationship with the Lord, and the, the things that you can do because you have the capacity and the time when you find yourselves in these seasons of singleness. Yes. Well, 
my favorite verse when I was single was 1 Corinthians 7.35, and it talks about how the single woman has um, undivided attention to the Lord. And so Mm. I just wanted to plaster that on my face and be like, (laughs) I'm enjoying Jesus. I'm making disciples. Leave me alone. That's great. That's great. Well, Mel, before we jump into this interview with Mir, because it's an awesome one, I don't know if you've noticed, but we have a new look with Nothing Is Wasted. We have an entirely new branding and entirely new website. And I'm super excited about this. And my favorite piece of this is that anvil. You know, that that logo that you see, it's an anvil. It's what a a blacksmith uses when he's shaping metal. And so I wrote a blog post about why we chose an anvil. You can go to our blog, you can look that up. But essentially, it's the, the placeholder for shaping out of pain. And that's what we want to be as a ministry for you, that the Lord is going to shape us in our tragedies and our trials and transitions, but we want to be a placeholder where that that healing and that shaping can happen for you. And I, I need you to know the folks that we worked with to come up with this branding and the new website design are incredible. Um, it's Jake and Olivia from a company called Makers. Okay. Makers, and it's a creative company located here in Indianapolis, but they do work for all people all over the country. I do a lot of work for clients here in Indianapolis, and they just put an incredible look to um, you know visual uh, capturing of what we had in our hearts mm-hmm. when it comes to how do we want to be represented on the World Wide Web, and how do we want to tie all this stuff in that we're doing, and so makers. That's amazing. Uh, you definitely need to use them for all of your design needs, all of your website needs. They're an incredible organization. Olivia and Jake are unbelievable to work with. They love the Lord. We got connected to them through a mutual friend of mine that is their pastor, um, who this pastor and those two, this is super ironic. I've got to say this. Those two, Jake and Olivia, they were a part of a church and a youth group that my late wife, Amanda, volunteered as a youth leader in. Oh, wow. Isn't that crazy? So God has woven us providentially into meeting them and they do all the design work for Nothing Is Wasted. So make sure you use them, makerscc.com. Makerscc.com. You can go and um, request their design any for any design work that you may need or web web work that you may need. That's awesome, Davey. Thank you. Um, and we um, we love Instagram. So if you're not following us on Nothing Is Wasted Ministries on Instagram, you need to um, follow us. But one thing that we really love is whenever our listeners are listening to an episode and they're really enjoying it and they just take a screenshot of it and then tag us in it. And so yeah. um, if there's an episode that really sticks out to you, um, tag Nothing Is Wasted Ministries, tag Davey, tag me, um, and... We'd love to see um, what episodes stick out to you. Yeah, we're going to repost it. We're going to throw it out there because we love to hear how this is impacting you. This is hope in your headphones. And it brings us so much hope when when we hear how it's bringing you hope. And so make sure you do that. Follow us on Instagram. Rate and review us. We love hearing your your reviews. And if you have anything, like honestly, any suggestions for us or any uh, podcast suggestions, interviews of different stories that you have heard of, write those into us. Hello at nothingiswasted.com. We'd love to hear from you. Any questions, any way we can serve you. We are here to do that. We want to be, again, that placeholder for how God is shaping you in the midst of this trial. So without further ado, Mel, we've got to jump into this interview with Mayor Knox. Mayor, great to have you on the podcast. Thanks for joining me. 
Yeah, anytime, I guess, maybe. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh, I always enjoy your sense of humor and I always enjoy <laughs> spending time with you. And um, But I would love for our listeners to get to know you a little bit. Yeah. So why don't you just start out of the gate, tell us a little bit about who you are, where you live, what you do, a little bit about your background before we dive into the conversation. Yeah. Uh, well, hey, everybody. My name is Meredith Knox. Um, I live in Anderson, South Carolina, where there are more fields and cows than um, pretty much anything else. <laughs> but I love it. It's where God has called me. Um, I am 31. Uh, I currently work in student ministry. Uh, and I was, Davey and I were talking before this, I played soccer for about an hour last night with our students. And I'm realizing, <laughs> yes, you are 31. Um, no longer 22. Uh, yeah. But I like to fool them. You know, you got to make Absolutely. them think you're not the age that you Have are. Have you been playing dodgeball with them at all? Because I played dodgeball the other day. And my arm. Your shoulder? Oh, my gosh. Yes. So I played dodgeball the other week for about 30 minutes, and I had to tell a student, hey, will you go pick up my arm for me really quick? (laughs) Um, It is. Uh, You just don't bounce back like you used to. No, you don't. Plus, you probably have a lot of damaged cartilage up in your shoulder because you used to be a softball player as well. I did. I did. I played softball at Anderson University, Mm -hmm. which is how I got to Anderson. Um, I had never heard of this place yeah. before, but I love how, you know, like you grew up thinking that sport was going to be the end all be all of course. to your life. Right. And what I love is for, you know, 22 years, God was using that to get me to what I was actually yeah. gifted and called right. to do. Right. Cause you know, women, we don't make it that far past college. <laughs> no offense. Uh, just let's trying just to say help some ladies Most out people there. in general don't make it that very far true, past very college. True, How many people you know. did you play with that were like, oh, this is going to be my gig for the rest of my life? And you're like, yeah, I hate to break it to you. <laughs> yeah, the older I got, the less of us there were. Me, I was like, I'm going Olympics, man. Uh, I was convinced. Yeah. Didn't happen. Wow. Maybe I'll go back into training and see, you know. <laughs> I hear they're bringing softball back to the Olympics because uh, it was gone for a while. But Is it gone? They're bringing it back, though. Yeah, That's I've awesome. heard. Okay, I've heard rumors. Okay, well, mm-hmm. well, hopefully that happens. So you're working at, at New Spring, New Spring Church yep. in Anderson, and went to Anderson University. You know, there's an Anderson University in Indiana as I well. Did, did you know, know this? this? Yes. Okay. Because as I meet people out and about in the world and tell them where I went, they're like, "Oh, Indiana." Oh, yeah. I'm like, no. Anderson, South Carolina, and again, nobody knows. Well, I have to say that um, there's really not much of a difference between. Anderson, South Carolina, and Anderson, Indiana, in regards right. to the context or anything around there. Really? Both of them are in the middle of nowhere. Hey. So. Bless you. But they're both great Anderson, schools. Indiana. I'm sure they're both <laughs> yeah, great schools. But great schools. <laughs> great schools. Well, you didn't think that necessarily ministry was going to be your track. Um, when did you discover, when was it that the Lord uh, really called you into ministry? What yeah. was that journey like? Um. I mean, even when I grew up, I was like, I loved church and I loved rules. Mm-hmm. I was one of those weird kids. That is odd. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I joke now that when I met Jesus, he made me a rule breaker. Uh, nice. Yeah. There you, you know, go. not like overcoming the rules Pharisee. That aren't actual. Yeah, exactly. Yes. There you yeah, go. I'm a recovering Pharisee. There you go. Um, so I was, I got saved actually when I was 19 in college. Okay. And it was around that time that I started serving with student ministry here at New Spring. And, um, we were at Gauntlet, which is our summer camp. And I just remember being in the back of the room and God saying, and this is what you're going to do with the rest of your life. Mm. Uh, if I had known wow. back then what that meant, I probably would have been um, less slow, <laughs> uh, less slow, less quick Yeah, right. Uh, to, you know, jump right in. To respond to that. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but so glad I did. But yeah, that's kind of how it, how it happened and went Don't down. Don't you love how like the Lord 
tells you what you're going to be doing. He calls you into something, and he doesn't give you the details at all. Right, right. Because if he gave you the details... You would never do it. Like, uh, there's you no would way. Eject. If I knew what I got myself into here, there's not a chance yeah. in the world. Yeah, and his grace, he leads us step by step. Right. That's Thank so you, Jesus. Good. So you stepped into... Uh, how did that transpire then as you're, you're feeling called to ministry? And then for a season, you came on staff in an internship. Yes. And was that kind of where you uh, started feeling a little bit more of the... Um, Oh, distinct calling of this is the route of ministry I'm going to go? Or what did that look like? I had no idea. <laughs> I just knew I love this place. I love people. Yeah. I love Jesus. And he has said ministry. No idea what that looks like. But I'll just keep saying yes to mm. whatever he directs to. And that's what I tell a lot of younger people is they're like, how'd you get, you know, where you are? Like I've arrived anywhere. Right. Um, but I'm a, I always say, I don't know. Yeah. Like I just knew that... From the time I got saved at 19, Jesus had my yes. Mm -hmm. And from then on, I've tried to say yes as best as I can to wow. whatever he says is next. So that's definitely led to unexpected yes. twists and turns. But like, I loved students, but I never was like, oh, students, you know, forever. But that's where he seems to have directed. And then worship unexpectedly came up. And I was like, this is weird. Yeah, I was going to ask you, you're an incredible worship leader. You're leading thanks. worship at different campuses. In yeah. fact, on our uh, Resonate a worship album yeah. that we put out. You're one of the featured vocalists on a yeah. couple of those songs. We flew Love you up because we were like, Mayor's amazing. <laughs> she can crush these songs. Let's go. Uh, come and join us for this. Uh, but is that something that you saw? When did that come into the mix? That was um, my roommate's fault. Okay. So one of my best friends, um, we were just talking Enneagram, right? Right. So she's a... Um, well, she can't decide. She's either a one <laughs> or an eight. I say eight. Okay. But... Um, she was like, you need to try out for worship. And I was like, no, 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 no. Because I was always singing around the dorm right. room or whatever. But I did. God started me on the humble path. I was auditioning and forgot the words to the song I was singing. So <laughs> that was fun. Are you like me? You just kind of like hum the songs most of the time and don't know the words pretty well, much? I just make it my own. It's like, yeah, you know? there you go. But I just got nervous. You're destined to be a songwriter, not just a worship Right, that's, yeah, it. that's it. That's it. Um, so maybe that's my next yes. <laughs> um... But then kind of just through that, uh, got into worship, kind of stumbled into yeah. it. Because even after that, I wasn't auditioned. I was like a background vocalist once. Mm -hmm. And then I didn't lead worship again for like a year. Mm. So I was like, well, I tried. Um, and then honestly got, I think there was just a gap of where they didn't have anyone else. And they were like, hey, help. And I was like, <laughs> I'd love to. And I fell in love with it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that kind of happened accidentally. That's awesome. Yeah. So you've had a lot of unexpected twists and turns right. when it comes to answering this call to ministry and continuing to answer the call. And I'll never forget the gauntlet that maybe you remember this. Um, we brought some of our students down from Indianapolis yeah. for the first time and you had just come back from spending mm. a year in the UK. Yes. And I remember meeting you in the hallway or seeing you in the hallway and it was like, because at the time we were both at a, um, we both kind of left a context of a yeah. church where it seemed like a lot of our peers, a lot of people that we were doing ministry with, our colleagues wanted to stay in that mm -hmm. context. It was like, that was the popular thing to do was to kind of uh, stay at New Spring, stay at this particular, because God was doing some incredible stuff. And I remember being very impressed with the fact that you left the mothership, so to speak, <laughs> right. and you decided to answer this random crazy random. call to so go random. to UK and do ministry for a year. And then yeah. we meet each other in the hallway and I'm like, hey, how was it? And it's like we had this, 
it was like this like uh, this thing where we both understood what it was like right. to leave you don't know till you the know. comfort. And then, and then we're kind of back in that same comfort zone as we're reflecting back on what God had been doing over the past year, a couple of years right. in that. Talk to me a little bit about that transition and how did you feel called to go and mm. do that? And uh, maybe spend some time talking about that year of ministry over there because there's probably some difficult times as you're stepping out on your own. It was doing all this. super easy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like all ministry is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, tell me a little bit about that. So. I was one of those people who was very content to not leave. I loved it here. I loved what I was doing. I loved my team. I loved my house. Like, I loved it all. Yeah. And it was literally in in an all-staff meeting. Um, I I can legitimately remember, Davey, walking in, looking around the room, being like, oh, I love this place. Mm. Like, I'm just so blessed right now. And by the end of that meeting, being like, you're ruining my life, God. (laughs) Like, it's it was that clear... Um, that it was announced, hey, we are partnering with this church in England called mm-hmm. Freedom Church. And um, we don't know what all this means, but y'all just need to know we are on mission with Freedom Church. And I, you know, you have those moments yeah. where you're like, Spirit, is that you? This was not one of those moments. This was like, I turned around. Did you hear that? Like hmm. asking the person next to me, because the Spirit said, if it's New Springs mission, then it's yours. You need to go. Wow. And it destroyed me. And I didn't really talk to anyone about it because I was scared. I didn't know who to talk to about. I didn't know how to go about moving to England. Yeah. You know, I knew no one over there. I didn't know anyone at the church. Wow. And um, I remember reading Acts 8, asking God, why would I do this? What is happening? Mm. Um, and Philip, my man, Philip, mm-hmm. he's one of my favorites now. He's in Samaria. He has this beautiful ministry going on. I mean, it's like, pe- this is the ministry everybody wants. Mm. You know, demons are getting cast out. People are being healed. Salvation is happening. And I love how um, it even says joy fills the city mm. because of his ministry. And I honestly felt like that's the season I was in. Fast forward a few verses and the spirit's like, hey, leave this, walk down this desert road. <laughs> and it's like, what? what? I have I have a yeah. successful minute. I mean, I'm, I'm sure Philip was like, uh, I have a baptism at eight. I'm prepping for a message <laughs> tomorrow morning. But small group's happening. Um, but he, it doesn't say he does any of that. It says he gets up and he goes. Mm. And um, I learned two very specific things um, in that transition and that season and going. Um, one, go even if it's for the one. Mm. Uh, if I don't love the gospel enough for it to be the treasure that I would give everything to share with one, then I don't love the gospel. Wow. Because he meets the eunuch, right? The right. Ethiopian. And then most scholars believe that that Ethiopian went back because he was in high standing with the queen. Mm-hmm. And that's actually how the gospel spread into Africa. Wow. Philip didn't know that. He just knew there's a desert Right. A desert road. And he may never have gotten to see that. Right. Yeah. But I'm sure I love the thought of thinking about there in heaven, like, and the Ethiopian sees Philip and he's like, wow. guess what happened? Wow. Because you explained Isaiah to me. Um, I also learned this the hard way. There are certain things that you can only learn about God in the desert. Wow. Because there was nobody else out yep. there. Mm-hmm. It was just Philip. It was God and Philip for miles. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure Philip's like, why am I out here? I left this ministry. There's nobody else out here. Mm -hmm. But such an intimacy, I think, was built there between Philip Mm. and the Lord that I would not have the intimacy, the relationship with God that I have now if I had not said yes to the desert road. Mm. Um, So I am so 
thankful for it. Yeah. It was difficult. It was hot. Yeah. It was lonely. Yeah. Um, it was stretching in the financial department. Um, but I wouldn't, wouldn't trade it for anything. Yeah. And I met some of my best friends literally in the world. Cause now they're spread throughout the world. Yeah. Um, by answering that call to, to go. Mm. That's a incredible insight The there's, there's only certain things that you can learn about the Lord in the desert. Mm-hmm. You're not going to, you're not going to learn about those things in the oasis or right. in paradise when things are going well. What were, if you can recall, what were some of those, like call maybe the hidden mysteries of God yeah. that he reveals through the pathway of pain or for, through dry seasons? What were some of those things that you felt like God really revealed to you during that? Yeah. Um, one, I think you don't truly know how much you love something until you're willing to suffer for it. Mm. And I had never had to like suffer for anything. Right. Um, I mean, I had like two months after college that I didn't have a job. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like cleaning houses and things, but, um, I said, I loved God, but it was one of the first times he had asked me to really sacrifice and suffer. Mm. And you just don't know how much you love someone until you're willing to do that. Wow. And so I did. And I was like, I really do love you. Don't I? Like I was, <laughs> I was convinced, yeah. convinced of it. Um, two, I think a deep desperation. So I grew up, South is my main context. I grew up in North Carolina from the coast, moved here to South Carolina, and I've only ever known Bible Belt. And I am pro Bible Belt. I am not, (laughs) I'm not bashing Bible Belt. Um, I've learned some deep rooted things about the Lord and about discipline and um, the value of the Bible and Mm. the Bible Belt. But I'd never really learned desperation Mm. because you go every corner, there's a church, right? you know, and I had grown up only ever at church. And guess what? I grew up watching people get saved. Yeah. And I had grown up um, with most of my friends being Christians. And I had never been driven to a place where I can remember Davey. Literally, we had like this upper room. Um, of, we, it was our prayer room at Freedom yeah. Church. And our student, I was helping start the student ministry. We had probably like 30 or 40 kids coming. I loved it. It was awesome. It was weird. There are some weird stories I'll tell you after this. <laughs> um but I remember I was, I, that's where I started preaching was with this little room yeah. of 30 or 40 kids. Um, and I remember going to, I'm getting emotional right now thinking about it. Um, four, remember? Yeah, uh, okay. I'm, with, I'm, a, I'm a three wing four, so totes I'm emotion, totally in man. it there. Yep. Um, but I went up to that upper room mm. and I hit my face and begged God to move. Wow. Because for the first time ever, I was convinced my effort wasn't going to do it Mm. and my work wasn't going to do it. And I learned the value of what prayer can do beyond my best efforts. That's right. Um, That prayer can move a mountain much quicker than my shovel. Yeah. You know? Wow. And um, I remember that night, whoo, I'm getting like <laughs> stoked about it right now. That night preaching and one kid got saved. And I said, I, I promise I'll give him the rest of my life That's to right. this. Yeah. And I will pray as much as I prepare. Mm. I'll pray more than I prepare. Um, because there's this desperation you learn yeah. that I don't want just a massive student ministry. I don't want just a massive Sunday. I want to move of God. That's right. And if God's not pleased to dwell here, then nothing else is going to happen. Mm. If this place isn't the coziest home for him to live, 
live in, mm. then it doesn't matter how many students or how many people I get in the doors. Yeah. Um, I got to be desperate. Yeah. That desperation does far more than pretty much anything else. Um, so I, that's even coming back what I've begged God, keep me desperate mm-hmm. for a move. Um, keep me desperate for your presence above all else. Yeah. Uh, because there is, you got to, you don't know how much you need the Lord till you get desperate. That's it. You know, yeah. and how valuable he is until you get desperate. It's easy to read the Psalms like, oh yeah, like a, um, deer pants for the water. So my soul longs for you. Oh, that's beautiful. Right. Until you're actually in a desert that's actually you. and you're actually panting like as a deer yeah. <laughs> pants for the water because right. it's dry out here. Right. So my soul longs for you, God. Yeah. Um, sorry, that was, I, that's I, so I could great. talk about that for a long time. That's so great. Well, I think there's a couple things there that to, uh, you know, you are preaching now to several hundred, if not thousands of students, and then also people on Sundays mm-hmm. every once in a while, thousands of them. And I think sometimes, especially in ministry, people look at that and they kind of value or envy the platform of the stage. Mm-hmm. And I think what you see in just about anybody who um, has a, uh, a Holy Spirit-empowered ministry is that they are just as passionate about seeing the one in a little tiny upper yeah. room yeah. come to know Jesus as they are throngs of people coming forward right. in an invitation. Because it's it's about, like what you said, a movement, not about getting some kind of a, your own personal fulfillment or you know right. ego boost of how many people that you're speaking yeah. to. But then also at the same time, this idea of like, um, prayer and yes. the the power of the Holy Spirit infusing that, yes. um, because I I know very well as well the same feeling of going God if you don't show up right. I'm screwed right? I'm not There's going no out there. way I'm not <laughs> going out there at all and it's just about I was just speaking to a church this past Sunday and. I told them, I was like, guys, it looks like preachers get up there with confidence, but we are scared to death. Yeah, we're just and, desperate. <laughs> and every time before we get up, we're like, God, you have got to move right here because if you don't move right now, then this is going to be the most foolish right. thing that I have ever done. And um, and then when you feel the Holy Spirit empower you and give you words to say that you did not have of your own and yep. you know it and you're like, it's the best. Whoa. When someone comes up to you and goes, that thing you said about, and you're like, I didn't say that. Right. I literally, I know exactly what I said. I didn't say that. Yep. And it's because the Holy Spirit yeah. spoke through you in that. He's a far better preacher. That's it. And he's preaching whatever size room you preach in. Mm-hmm. He's preaching dozens, hundreds of right. messages that you're not preaching. Oof. But if you live submitted, he feels far more free to preach. Yeah. Um, and I'm just like, I'm not witty enough. Mm. I'm not funny enough. I don't have enough wisdom, mm-hmm. but desperation and submission mm. is a, is a powerful thing that the spirit is pleased to preach, not yeah. just through you, but beyond you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, and I love, and even heaven, but the Bible's very clear. Angels celebrate over one. Mm-hmm. I love how it makes it mm-hmm. like there are more um, more celebration in, in heaven over one that gets saved. Yeah, that it, the Bible's even clear to to show this is what we get excited about. We see everyone. We have eyes on everyone. Every salvation that happens, we celebrate. That's right. And so I want to be. I want just. I'm. I just want to join with the angels. That's right. Like I don't want to miss out. <laughs> you know. I'm, I'm out sure. You sure you're not a seven? 
<laughs> there's definitely there's uh, some, some of that seven. Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, but it's just it is it's been amazing to me. That's awesome. Um, what through pain and desert and wilderness right. and all that that God has allowed me to learn. Yeah. Um, D- did you find when you came back to the states? And then when you're beginning to have a little bit more of a rhythm of or a routine of preaching, yeah, you find the temptation to slip back into your own laurels at all. And if so, or, you know, into your own strength or <laughs> as you're finding that temptation, because it's temptation probably for right. all of us. Right. But as you're finding that temptation, how do you fight for that desperation? What does that look like yeah. now in this context when you're not, you know, a kajillion miles right. away and you don't know anybody and you're really in that desert place? Um, what does it look like now? Yeah. Um, I never fight with that anymore. No, mm. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, good for you, man. My flesh has completely died and I never, I'm tempted. No. Um, when I first came back, I was very tired, mm. <laughs> being honest. What kind of, could you recognize what kind of fatigue? I mean, yeah, I physical, mean, I emotional, spiritual, like what? If I could go back and do it again. The coming back part. Yeah. I knew the Lord had, had called me to come back. I wish he had told me it would have only been a year. I wouldn't have sold all my stuff. Um, but yeah. he had to do that. Uh, I was just tired physically, emotionally, spiritually, like across the board. Right. Pick one. Pick one of the Lees. I was yeah. I was just tired. If I could go back, I would have taken a break. Um just even just a month. Yeah. To Not like a re-entry yeah, in some ways. Re- yeah. And I I, though, am, um, I hate that the Enneagram keeps coming up because I'm a four (laughs) and I don't like to label things. Our audience Um, speaks that language, so we're good. (laughs) Uh, I'm also a three, you know, wing, so I'm an Mm -hmm. achiever. Um, And I was like, I got to get back in and we got to go. I've been fired up. I've seen the darkness, but I now know the light and I'm desperate and let's, America, the church will not die. We will not have churches that are now mausoleums and museums. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I was... Mm -hmm. You were there. Let's go. <laughs> um, and I should have received, now looking back, God was inviting me to rest for a season, mm. and I didn't. Um, which, as I stepped back, not even back, as I just stepped into a different full-time ministry, um, I was doing Fuse, our student ministry, yeah. and there was a while there where I was every week um, I was like, why do I not love this right now? And I was trying to cultivate desperation and could see the brokenness of this generation and like, but the potential in this right. generation. And I was like, why am I not, where's my passion? Yep. Like, why do I not love this? And honestly, it's because, uh, yes, God had invited me to rest, but he had not invited me to distance myself from people. Here's what mm. I mean. I was showing up to Fuse every week and whether it was leading worship or preaching or whatever, but I've had, I don't know, 48 small groups. That's yeah. an exaggeration. I've had so many, like, and I was right. like, I deserve a break. Mm. Like I need, there's, look at that 21 year old young lady, be blessed in Jesus name, mm. like lead that small group. Um, and I had a broken, I'd been broken but my broken heart no longer was connected to specific people. Mm. And so I lost, I was so tired and yet so 
still knew like this is what I was called to. And, and now a lot of these girls shout out are still my, my small group, but I met mm. this group of girls at Fuse. Yeah. Um, my friend Stacy was actually the first person to meet mm. them. They didn't have a ride home. So we started taking them home and here we are three years later and I'm still taking them home. Wow. Um, because they're my small group. Yeah. And as soon as I got involved in their lives, yeah. boom, all over again, passion returned, desire to be there returned, wow. desperation returned. Um, and I think it is so easy. It's dangerous, yeah, really. Um, but understandable how ministry becomes a lot, mm. especially when you start adding leadership, meetings, yep. speaking, leading worship. It's understandable to excuse yourself to permit yourself a little bit of distance mm. from people. And that's exactly when you will burn out. Wow. Um, because the fire inside of you um, has to be directed toward people. Right. Or it'll just burn you up. Right. If, 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 if I don't stay broken, I will break altogether. Yeah. And that's what I was feeling. Yeah. Um, and so now God has just... I got to smell like the sheep, mm. you know, and a shepherd speaking from a stage who's a little too clean and has no like smell of yep. the sheep pen the night before a garden gate. <laughs> um, you'll be like, why is this not fun? Yep. It's, it's basically, you're basically preaching to an empty room. Right. You're basically leading worship to an empty room. Right. Cause you have no connection. When you lock eyes with someone in a congregation that you know their story and you know their background cause you were at their house last night for yep. dinner. You lead different. That's right. You preach different. Um, you show up on a Sunday or on a Wednesday night or whatever you do different um, because of it. So I don't even remember what your question was. <clears throat> no, that was that was. But that's no, that was great because what you're saying is that God, you you know, God was inviting you into rest, but you'd misinterpreted what that rest right. was. Right. You were, you know, it was. Um, it, you thought it was a rest from kind of the relational connection mm -hmm. of things. You thought maybe that. And it could be easily interpreted that, while well, I'm just getting sucked dry by people because people. people are so difficult to love sometimes like vampires. They just kind of <laughs> suck you dry. And yet, you know, and so what really God was inviting you into was a rest from the achieving and the yes. doing. Let's kind of yeah. sit back and take a rest from go that. go to a few less meetings? And like. yeah. <laughs> and why don't you be... Yep. And be with people to make sure that the fire that's ignited in you is coming from uh, and coming out of a compassion yep. for people and an empathy for people and wanting to see them connect with this person, Jesus. Yep. At this point in the episode, you're probably trying to figure out how to hear more from Mayor Knox. Good news. Mare is our September bonus episode for our monthly partners. She joined me again to discuss more about women in leadership, both inside and outside of the church. Don't worry, men. We talk plenty about your roles in leadership as well. But this is a must listen for everyone to gain some more insight and resourcing around this topic. To hear this and all of our other previous bonus episodes, head over to nothingiswasted.com slash partners. Again, nothingiswasted.com slash partners to make a recurring monthly tax-deductible donation of $5, $10, or $20 a month. Here's a preview of that bonus episode now. When I stopped feeling like, as a woman who is in great leadership at our church, 
that I have to prove something to the men around me Mm. in order to serve, when I stopped feeling that way, um, is when just because of God honoring obedience and my posture, that wasn't me being just a jerk to the men around me. All of a sudden, people just started asking my opinion Mm. out of nowhere. All of a sudden, I started getting invited to meetings. When you were um, wrestling with this decision to go overseas and yeah. you're answering this call, did you catch any, like, I don't want to say maybe not criticism is the right word, but any caution from people? Or did was did you feel like everybody was supportive of you in that? Or did were people kind of like, what are you doing? This is a little bit odd that you're just going and doing this or <laughs> family, friends or whatever. You know? Honestly, I think one of the reasons I knew I was supposed to go is because I didn't get any of that. There you go. Wow. Is... Most of the people who I love and respected mm-hmm. were going, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And I was like, it doesn't make sense at all. <laughs> Don't you hate that? Yes. Mayor, okay, so um, I mean, we haven't talked a whole lot about the process of how we decided right. to step away from our church yet, but one of the facets of that was when I went to, uh, there were five people in my life, you know, a couple of them very mm-hmm. well, five people in my life that I went to and said, hey, I feel like this is what God is doing. And they were like, yeah, that makes sense. And, and I was like, like, but it doesn't. No, it doesn't. You're not supposed <laughs> yeah. to tell me it makes sense because it doesn't make sense to me and I'm freaked out right yeah. now. And God's calling me into this new thing with this yeah. new territory. And get, they're like, well, God always does new things. So it makes sense. Behold, and, I am doing an old thing. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay. But don't you love that when you have, you know, and, and many people don't have this. They don't have, they're not surrounded by yeah. people who truly love Jesus and love them. Yeah. And are and are for God's work in them, and so they do catch some criticism when they decide to step out. How would you go about advising? Let's say someone in your a girl in your small group, right? Wrestling with <laughs> they're not ready, yeah, but yes. Wrestling with I feel like God's calling me to do something kind of bold, kind of that's outside of the norm. How would you advise people to listen to the voice of God? What is the steps for that, and to to respond even when it doesn't make sense? Right. The first thing I would say, and I didn't even mean to do this. I think the Spirit just in His grace did this for me. Treasure it up first. So don't talk about it too soon. Hmm. You know, we are a Gabby culture. Yeah. I, I mean, people can probably tell we love to talk. Yeah, we're pro- out, talk about outline whatever. processors. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've lost the spiritual art and benefit of being quiet. Wow. And of treasuring something up and of it just... Because soon it'll be everywhere and everybody will know. But there's a season where it can only be you and the Lord who know that secret, Mm. you know, and that's such a gift. Like that is, um, he wants to be the person you process with first. Because believe it or not, this is all only about you and him. Mm-hmm. And it's about me and him. And it's about that person next to you. Like, it's about relationship. Yeah. And so the move isn't actually the point. The step of faith isn't actually the point. Yeah. The sacrifice isn't actually the point. You and him are the point. Wow. And so if he's asking you to do something, first, it's an invitation to intimacy. And just yeah. wait, just take a breath, write it down, believe for yeah. a little bit and talk to God. That's good. That's first. Second of all, then submitted submit it to trusted counsel. Mm. So you gotta, you gotta have some people who, you know, you can run this by people who you think might disagree with you Mm. are the best people to go run it past. Not the one who, you know, I know they're going to like support this or whatever, but the people who it probably makes you uncomfortable to go run this past, um, submit it to wise counsel, 
find, if you don't have a mentor or a leader, that's the first step. Actually, go find one right now. Mm. Um, we got to be, especially in Christian culture, we got to be a lot more like kids in the sandbox. Like, yeah. hey, do you want to be my friend? <laughs> yeah, actually, I've been praying for 10 years for a friend. Like everyone, you're not the only one who feels lonely. Mm. You know, go outside of the box and ask someone to be your friend. Will you mentor me? Mm. I will buy you coffee and I'll come with questions. Mm. Um but that's the second. So first, just be quiet for a little bit. Submit it to wise counsel. Um, and then the last one is you got to just be obedient in whatever it is. Wow. You just just do it. And I love one of um, the men that I ran it past, Shane Duffy. He's the best in the land. Um, he doesn't have a podcast. He should. He should have a podcast. Shane. We're going to have Shane, Shane on this podcast is what we're going to do. Do you hear me? Have a podcast. <laughs> We'd have um, to have like five designated episodes right. to even begin to tap into the wisdom he's that this so, man has. Yeah. He's so wise. But I remember he was one of the first pe- people that I accidentally came up because he's discerning. Yeah. And I asked him a question, shrouded, I mm. thought, mystery. And he goes, what are you really asking me? <laughs> and I just broke into tears. And all I could keep thinking... All I could keep saying was, what if I'm wrong? What if I go and this was the wrong decision? I sell everything I own and I end up in England Mm. and I was wrong. (laughs) And he said, you fly back. (laughs) And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess guess it's, it's that easy. Like this isn't, you know, worst case scenario with faith is not any type of worst case scenario. Right, right. Wow. Like God is not after your perfection or he doesn't honor perfection, he honors faith. That's it. And so Without if you're faith, stepping it's impossible out, to please God. Yes. Yeah. So if you're stepping out in faith, one of my favorite promises of scripture mm. is those who trust in the Lord will not be put to shame. Wow. He's not leading you to something to embarrass you. He's not dangling a carrot. Yeah. Like if you step out in faith, he's not going to be like, wrong, smite. Like he's, <laughs> that's, that's not how our God works. If you stepped out in faith, yeah. he will honor it. He will support you. So try. Mm. But on the flip side, because I feel like this is actually a lot of the people I'm around right now, I want to do the flip side. Staying is as great of a call as going. Right. Right. Because right now I'm going to stay. Season. Yeah. I had been back two years. The trajectory of my faith years ago was about every one and a half, two years, me and God did something different. Mm. And he needed to do that. He needed to rough me up a little bit. He needed to, a few of my edges were a little too rounded. Yeah. You know, he needed to unleash me a bit. But now it was about three years ago that I'd been back for about two years. Mm. And I said, all right, you know, what are we doing? Where are we going? And yeah. he's like, stay. And I'm wow. like, that's not what we do. <laughs> you and me, I'm, a, I'm an adventurer. I travel. I'm ready. Like, yeah. I didn't buy anything in preparation right. for moving again. Right. He's like, I need, you to, I need you to buy a couch. That's, a step, <laughs> that's your step of faith. That's buy a couch. Buy a real dresser. Wow. Like, that sounds silly, but it's stuff that shows I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And God has given me a new faith vision of what adventure could look like to not leave a community mm, wow. um, of what it could look like to be the old lady in Anderson yeah. who's able to take around these youngins and mm. be like, yeah, I remember when the, this part of town um, looked different, but because I didn't leave, the kingdom advanced right, and darkness retreated. Mm. Um, and so I want to encourage somebody else right now too who's also having trouble staying put. That Ephesians 6 tells us You've been given the armor of God, and I love how it says, put it on, and when Mm. you've done all this, to what? Stand. Yeah. 
You may not feel like you're advancing. You may not feel like you're moving forward, but just don't retreat. Wow. Just don't go backwards. You don't have to move locations to see a move of God. Can I actually yeah. read something yes, really quick? Do it. Yeah. Um, so this was in the car the other day. God and I were having a moment. And I don't know if anybody else is like me. I don't know if y'all, you know, you're like this. <laughs> The car a lot of times becomes our like fight space, right? <laughs> you know, because it's like it's the most secluded. Yeah, absolutely. You know? um, I have roommates. Uh, I can't do this in the coffee shop, mm-hmm. so a lot of times the car becomes my holy of holies. Yep. And I was talking to the Lord about this stay. I need endurance. I need steadfastness. Mm-hmm. And uh, I feel like this is just what He gave me. I wrote this in my notes, which often becomes my journal. And I voice dictated it to anyone who's wondering. (laughs) I was driving. I did not text it. I voice dictated Uh. it. But the spiritual fight, um, and I feel like he said, the spiritual victory is often simply refusing to move until the enemy does. We have in the Holy Spirit what he does not possess, a sense of standing firm, steadfastness, an assurance of victory that has been secured for us by Jesus Christ. It is guaranteed to us, but not to the enemy. So I want to be someone who sees the victory of the Lord simply because I refuse to move my feet. Someone who wears the enemy out by my consistent presence, my persistent prayer, Mm. and my convictions of steel. I want to be someone who sees a generation, a community, a family, and an individual change because I simply refused to move my feet. And then I feel like God mandated this to me. Plant your feet in the ground that already belongs to you. Stand firm. Believe your God and watch the victory of the Lord. Wow. And I said, yes, sir. Okay. So for me right now, the great move of God that I'm called to, the step of faith is actually a step of further down yeah, digging in instead your of out. That's great. Wow. Um, so I've done both. Both are hard. Yeah. But both are definite invitations to faith from God. So apparently I'm going to die here. That's so. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. <laughs> uh, maybe again, it's just that exactly. act of faith and the invitation that he has brought you into intimacy and yep. in that responding to that call for yep. the season. And that's what's so strange is that Just when I begin to think I know exactly what God is doing, (laughs) he flips it upside down. He's like, good, I got you right where I want you. Now I'm going to create more desperation. (laughs) I'm here for it. I know. And and it's beautiful because even in the season that we've been in, um, you know, Christy and I needed a season, I think, and I I didn't know this until looking back on it, where... It was like we needed to experience this step of faith together. We need to experience this provision that God brought in the moments of stepping out in faith. One of the things I, I, I it's hard to say I hate it because I think it's a very, it's a very innocent question, but people go, what if I don't have the faith to do mm. something like that? And I try to tell people, hey, faith is not something that you just have. Right. <laughs> you don't just get faith downloaded on you just in a moment where you're like, well, I'm just waiting here for God to download faith on me. You know, Faith is something that's grown. Yes. And it's something that you take hold of. And the way that you grow faith is by taking a step of faith in the midst of your fear, yep. <laughs> how much it terrifies you. So if God calls you to something and it terrifies you, good. That's an opportunity and invitation for God to grow your faith. Because yep. you take that step, then God shows that he's trustworthy, that he comes through and you're like, Oh, and then your faith is built. Yeah. Oh, that's the God that I serve. I wow. did it. 
That was we amazing. Did. Yeah. We did it together, right? <laughs> and so, you know, I look at this season that we're in right now in a same situ- similar situation of like stepping out. And I go, wow, now I'm seeing that God wanted to forge that faith in us together. And I think it's always about what you said earlier. It's always about the, it's not about the destination. It's not about the, it's not even necessarily about the journey as people are saying. It's about the intimacy Mm -hmm. with the father and what you're doing in the process of all of it. Because that really is all that's going to remain when we step into eternity. I can't wait. You know? So I want to, I want to shift the conversation a little bit because one of the things that, um, that you, you talk about, you share about mm-hmm. openly, um, and I love hearing your insight on this, is the idea of singleness. Right. Um, and dun, dun, dun. You get a little smirk there as you're saying that. <laughs> because unfortunately, right, you went to a Christian university. I went to a Christian <laughs> university. You were seen as <laughs> um, ungodly if you didn't leave that Christian university married. Where's your ring? And, you know, where's the ring? What's happened? Yep. You know? Um, in fact, just spoke at um, my old university this past week, and it, someone was talking about how they were, you know, engaged already. And I'm like, "How old are you? You're like a freshman in college." You know, I'm like this is crazy. But it seems to be this the stigma in Christian world is yeah. like, "Wait, what's wrong with you if you've not, you know?" And I think we're moving away from that a little bit yeah, because of open conversations yep. that people are having. But um, how have you navigated? You're 31 years old. How have you navigated this season where sometimes in a context you can feel that going like? Like, is there what's happening Mm -hmm. and you're single? Talk to me about this journey for you as you're navigating the ups and downs of that. Right. Uh, Sorry, I was laughing before because I'm like, I don't know if you can call it a season if it's been your whole life, you know? Like, (laughs) Uh, is it a season if it's just been your only reality? (laughs) Um, So I guess how I've navigated my life. um, There you go. Right. (laughs) So, and I've had boyfriends and right. da- oh Lord, if you and a, there's a whole <laughs> podcast on dates, I should just do a whole like, anyways. That would um, be good. That'd be a good podcast. Just some, <laughs> some weird ones. Oh man. Um, but I guess for lack of a better term, like handle this season or what God has taught me and is yeah. teaching me is your life is not on hold. Mm. You know, there's nothing singleness is not a waiting season. Right. What are you waiting for? Right. You know, and I get, I want anyone who is single here, I get you, mm. you know, I understand. And there are nights where it's lonely and where um, you will just have walked into church and you're having a good day. Mm. And somebody walks up and is like, hey, how are you? With like that. And you're like, well, I thought I was fine. What, what, uh, what, I should guess, I not be? <laughs> guess I'm not. I guess I'm not. I guess I should go ask the Lord again. Um, mm. But just to encourage all, whether you are, you've always been single or you're single again. Um, this is not a waiting season. You know, and I think if you just view it as I'm waiting for this hypothetical situation to happen, then everything feels lesser than Right. You know, it's like, it's like you're, uh, every situation's good, but if I had, but yeah, if he was here, if she was here, right. um, I'm just waiting for that. Stop waiting. Go live your life. Yeah. You know, go adventure. Go be the best friend mm. anybody has ever had. I literally pride myself, and I believe it's not like an unholy pride. I <laughs> like, I'm trying to be the best friend any of my friends have ever had. Mm. Because I don't have to go, I don't have to wake up in the middle of the night and take care of my kid. Right. You know, I get to worry about y'all because you're my people. Um, And I just, God's also taught me 
marriage, I, I was, I had, this was a few years ago. I had a dark day. Okay. Mm. I literally had led worship in the morning and the whole time I'm singing worship, like y'all never gonna let yeah. me down. And I'm like, you are, You're you letting are me currently down. letting me down. <laughs> and honestly, I had just been in a friend's wedding. I could have, I could tell you where we prayed for each other's spouses. Mm. And I'm like, so my prayers work for other people, huh? Mm. That's how it is. <laughs> and so um, before I was like, I gotta go talk to the Lord. I can't lead worship at a 5 p.m. service like this. And as kindly as he does, spoke many things to me, but one that has stuck with me really is, hey, you know, marriage is not a greater gift. It's just a different one. Wow. You know, like I'm not holding back some gift from you right. as a better thing. It's just a different one. And when it's time to exchange gifts, mm. you're going to have to exchange the whole thing. Yeah. Like you don't get to keep aspects of singleness right. while getting marriage. When it's time to exchange, you got to exchange all of it. Wow. So then he called me to write down stuff about singleness I was thankful for. Wow. And it completely changed my perspective. I love that when it's time to spend money, you know who I ask? Me. You. <laughs> and when it's, when I, my friend's like, hey, do you want to go on this trip? I'm like, hey, self, would you like to go on this trip? <laughs> you know, I really would. And right. I I can go and how I can serve my friends and mm. how I can um, spend extra time with my small group and uh, love my my roommates right now. Like, I'm not going to have roommates. For, or maybe, maybe I will have roommates forever, right. you know? Right. Um, but as soon as I stopped seeing as God's not holding out on me, mm. he's setting up for me. And I don't just mean marriage. I mean, right. like a life of faith and a life of fullness. And I don't know where we've come around to this thing, that fullness in Christianity um, only comes with Father, Son, Holy Spirit, spouse. Wow. Like that's not what's promised in Scripture. Wow. Um, that all of this is, again, it's about you and Him. And when I get married, I'll be like, babe, I love you. You are hot. I hope. And <laughs> no. at least I'll think so. But, Put a prayer up right now through right? Jesus. <laughs> Jesus name. If my prayers work. Oh Lord. You hear you hear the prayer of your saint. Um but I love that I will legitimately be able to look at him and say, Babe, I love you. You're not the love of my life. Mm. And I hope that takes pressure off of him. Yeah. You right. know, that I would just and I, God has a different journey for everyone. And I don't think if you got married for 18, that's wrong. Right. You know, I think the journey God has, I'm just going to be, you know, 30s, maybe 40s. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but that God has cultivated such a love between us mm -hmm. that whenever I do get to love my spouse, I hope I love a lot more freely because I'm not relying on him Right. To convince me I'm loved. I'm convinced. That's right. You know? That's right. And that's taken some convincing of the Lord to do, but I'm convinced. I am loved. Man. You know? That's and, so good. Um, so, yeah, I'm so thankful for it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and really, it's, it's so, so tempting to define yourself in whatever season that you're in. So, you know, my route was that was married at 22 right after college, mm -hmm. kind of did the conventional yeah, route. Not a bad thing. Not a bad thing whatsoever. It was the right thing. Right. And it was the the gift that God had given me specifically yeah. right then. And then seven years later when Amanda was killed, then I was single again. And one of the things I noticed in that season of singleness is having to learn some things about mm. loneliness and learn some things about um, singleness that I had not really known, you know, because my singleness was high school and college, right. which was fairly typical for most yeah. people. So it was kind of everyone's 
lot in life, so to speak. Right. And then learning, um, learning that season right there of this intimacy with the Lord that wouldn't otherwise, you know, happen mm. if there hadn't been some of that season. But one of the things I also noticed is that there were so many folks, especially as I interacted with widows and widowers, mm. who defined themselves by that. They were a widow. In fact, I remember seeing one person's, I don't remember who this was, but someone's Instagram who had, who had, the very first thing on their Instagram post was widow of seven years. And while my heart broke, I was like, I don't, I don't think we're supposed to define ourselves by that, by the season. Right. You know, I, I think that tragedy or whatever season that you're in should be a, a, a thing that, that refines us, but doesn't become this is who I am, yeah. the label, because we're a son and daughter of the king, and that's it. And no matter what seasons he brings us in and out of, they are seasons, whether it's a long forever season or yeah. whether it's a shorter season. And um, I think it was just a really, yeah, it was a, it, it's been an interesting aspect. And then getting remarried has been, has shown me the same thing that you just highlighted here of like, oh, there's a lot of swapping out that I'm doing yeah. now. There was a season where I could make the decision for myself. Right. And, and now I'm relearning not again <laughs> how to, wait a minute, I've got to bring you in on this decision yep. here, you know, and how did I not get this after seven years? And I've got to figure this whole thing out again. And it's a, a shift and a yep. change. And so, um, again, God's constantly keeping us on, on, our, on our toes. Um, as, you, as you're mentoring girls and as you're spending time with them, girls in your small group, other girls and um, young women, and, and they're struggling with this, season of singleness. Yeah. How do you, outside of what you've already said, you've already said a, a ton about this, but how do you help them to see the fullness of what this season can be for them? Right. You know? um, funny enough, it's not just girls anymore that That's come and true. ask me for advice. Well, there you go. Because you know, I'm getting in my 30s now, so you have the, you have the younger 20 guys. <laughs> there you go. Who feel who, comfortable. Who, like, oh, right. Well, because a lot of them came up through Fuse, That's and I've true, known yep. them for years, mm -hmm. and so they're like my little brothers. Mm -hmm. And so they'll start crushing on a girl or whatever, mm -hmm. and you know, it's like, you're a girl. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> um, so they'll, you know, come and ask for advice of how to date well and, and all that, and you know, I think a lot of guys have heard pursue their whole right. lives, and so it's like, is this, am I pursuing her to a point of scaring her and like how do I you know so it's that's been, pretty much how guys are we can't figure it out right. we're like uh, <laughs> so I've loved like learning that new you know it's not just young girls anymore it's yeah. like these young guys too who really do want to get it right yeah you know who love the Lord and want to love a woman well and so um I've loved I've loved getting to like mm -hmm. kind of go on the journey with both of them and mm -hmm. like as they start to date it's super exciting but um, for both of them, there are like a few points that I guess I walk through and it's not mm. like write this down, but, but seriously, write it down. But write it down. <laughs> um, the, the first one is I tell all of them, Hey, just calm down. Mm. Like everybody calm down. You know, if you ask her on a date and Hey, if you say yes to a date, y'all don't have to get married. Like, because come on, especially in church cultures, like who went out with who? And they're, oh my gosh, this, I've been praying for this. It's like everybody, <laughs> everyone hey, calm down. Back to Shane Duffy's advice. Yes. You can fly you back. You can fly back. Okay. Exactly. So first, <laughs> everybody calm down. I know you just turned 21 and now you're, you're going, you're like, oh my gosh, am I going to die with cats? Like calm right. down. <laughs> You'll be fine. Um, second is, uh, 
for girls specifically, I say this one. Say yes if you want to. Say no if you don't. Like, you don't have to. Because I know there's been some encouragement over the past years. Like, just say yes to the day. You don't have to. Like, you don't have to say yes right, to the day. Yeah. Um, but you don't have to say no to everyone. I know you don't like those certain shoes he wears. <laughs> Again, point one, calm down. Just say yes. Uh, three, um, if you keep having fun, keep going out. You know? Like, there you, go. you don't have to um, overthink this. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're both having fun, keep going on dates. Yeah. You know? Uh, guys, I guess as long as the money doesn't run out, keep asking. <laughs> um but it's, we don't have to decide from the beginning if this is, you don't have to start naming your children and all right. that. Like, just get to know each other if you're having fun. Keep going out. Um, four, and this is a big one. I've kind of already talked about this with the mentor thing. Uh, keep your close friends. Um, because I have, like I said, I've been in 16 weddings. I didn't say that, but I did say I try to be the best friend. Right. That has resulted in 16 weddings. <laughs> and... This is a lot of bridesmaids dresses. So many. I'm close <laughs> to that movie, 27 dresses. Um, but I can't wait. I've already told all my friends, I'm like, listen, I better have the best showers, the best, because yep. y'all know I've been in the game. That's right. Um, but keep your close friends. Mm. In the dating process, in the single process, you, a spouse does not replace friendship. Mm-hmm. Because all without fail, every one of those friends... Um, We've had times of talking through, I love him, you know, mm. but I miss my girls. And a lot of my guy friends, I'm like, I need my guys, yeah. you know, and I think sometimes that can happen of you get in the standing relationship or whatever. Right. And um, yes, that is now, once you get married, that's meant to be your main person, the main person you process with, the main person you run things past, but you still need your community both man and woman. Right. And so keep your close friends. Right. Because if I can interrupt real quick, man, for one of the reasons, um, what you'll find when you are married is that there are things that that the Holy Spirit needs to speak to your spouse about that you cannot speak to your spouse right. about. It only creates conflict. It only creates... Your spouse does not want to hear it from you. Yep. And vice versa. And the Holy Spirit will use a really strong community the guy friends for the guys, if they're if they're following after Jesus, if they love Jesus and they love you, and they're not going to let you get away with your antics, yep. they're going to speak truth to you, and vice versa for the girls. Um, and that's why it's valuable to retain those things even in the midst of yeah, in the midst you of need marriage. Them. You need them. We need each other. You need someone else to knock you over the head, right? Other than your spouse that <laughs> says, "Bro." You need to love her better. You yep. need to you need to cherish her more. You need to take her out. You need to, you know. Yeah. So and your ladies to be like, why do you talk to him that way? <laughs> exactly. You were know? majorly disrespecting that was, that him. That was, was mean. really mean. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, definitely keep your friends. Uh I always like to put number five, I like to put calm down in there again, because usually around <laughs> that time, usually around that time they need to calm down again. <laughs> uh and then the That's last great. is always just trust God. Yeah. You know. He is trustworthy. He, mm. You are not the one he forgot to plan for. You are not the one who he tends to forget. Yeah. Um, he has great plans for you. Mm. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. I don't know what that future looks like. Yeah. I don't know if he is your future. I don't know if she is your future. That'd be awesome. Yeah, right. Let me tell you who is in your future. God and his yeah. presence goes before both of you. Yeah. Um, and he is He is protecting both of you. Um, you don't need that guy to guard your heart more than you can trust God to guard your heart. Mm. Um, and good. so it 
yeah, that's like the main. That's awesome. Six. Yeah, that yeah. six points. Yeah, with stay calm. Yes, being in with there a that's times. two. So maybe that's like one <laughs> A. Um, oh, but man, yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Okay, so we don't technically have the time for this, okay. but I do want to ask this question okay. because I want to hear your insight onto this. All right. Uh, so any. we're just going to take the time because I happen to make the decisions for this podcast, oh, and I can make that. a little. <laughs> I can do a little uh, audible right yep. here, right now. Shifting topics a little bit. Okay. You have grown into an incredible preacher. Um, you. you are a uh, fantastic worship leader. I don't feel like that this conversation by any means is in the worship leader realm, but for whatever reason, in some circles in church world, the conversation exists with women preaching. Mm. Now, I know where I land on this. Right. Because I, and it's pretty obvious where I land because I think you're a fantastic <laughs> right. preacher and I would sit under your preaching any day. But, um, what's it been like mm. emerging as and developing as a, a female preacher? Now, you're in a context that supports and develops that. Right. But outside of this context, have you felt any kind of, or do you feel insecurities as you're doing this? Do you wrestle with that idea or the, the notion that there are some that believe yeah. that should not happen? How do you... Uh, how do you quell that in your own spirit? How do you walk in confidence in what the Lord is doing in you right there? Yeah. Um, I want to handle this as humbly as possible because I by no means, whether man or woman, think any of us are entitled to any kind of platform. Mm. And so I had to first repent to the Lord years ago um, because I could feel him stirring something inside of me, this preaching thing. And... For a while, I thought that meant that entitled me mm. to something. Wow. And I had to repent of that. Wow. Not only to the Lord, but to men around me um, that you must not know <laughs> what God has called me to. And I'm entitled to nothing. Yeah. So anytime anyone, even like, you know, you inviting me to do this podcast, I thank you and mm. I thank God because I by no means think that this is something that is just normal, that people should want to invite me (laughs) to share thoughts that I have, you know? (laughs) Um, I no longer think that highly of Mm. myself. But I think that's what it was. It wasn't that I thought too highly, it's I thought too little of myself, Mm. that I thought I had to prove something, Um, especially as a woman. Uh, I grew up, we already talked about this, athlete. Anything guys can do, I can do better. Like I raced the boys. I had two older brothers um, who taught me how to fight and take care of myself. And and I didn't realize how that was carrying over into my, not just my ministry life, but my life in general of guys want to compete with me. I'll show them. Yeah. And I repent publicly of that right now. That is no longer God has done a sanctifying work in my heart. I want to be very clear. I believe in roles Mm -hmm. in the church. I believe men have a role and women have a role. I will say, and I boldly um, will say this now that I didn't, I always believed this, but it always made me nervous to say, Mm. like, like it was going to strip some kind of power (laughs) out of my hands. But I believe men are the head of, of leadership. Now Christ is the head of the church, but I believe of leadership structure in a church. I believe a man should be the head of it. And if there's any women who don't agree, call me. I'd love to chat. <laughs> um, I promise you, I'm, I was the person who had God had to uh, reveal this to me. Same way, mm. if he didn't give us eyes to see, we wouldn't see anything. I wouldn't mm. have seen my need for salvation. 
And so I am now the guys around me whom I love, my leaders, I'm like, in Jesus' name, go forth and prosper. Mm. Because as soon as I, I, as those men around me did give me a little bit of leadership and authority, I realized this is heavy. Yeah. Wow. This is a lot. Wow. This is a responsibility. This is not just... Some privilege. Hey, or, right. Get up on that platform and be funny yeah. for 45 minutes. Yeah. When you start, I remember the time I looked out at Fuse and I realized, oh my gosh, mm. I'm shaping how you see the world. That's right. Yourself and God. Wow. Just kidding. I'd like to get out, you know? <laughs> yeah. um, wow. And so now I love God's design for how he set up the structure of our world and how mm. men and women relate and how that structure wor- works is beautiful and it's brilliant. And I now love my role as a helper. Mm. And so my leaders are all men and I submit to them. Mm. I know that's the ugly S word to a lot of, <laughs> of you know, women in, in church culture, but mm. don't get it twisted. That same scripture. Yes. Women, it calls us to submit. And then it says, Hey men, give up your life. Right. Right. I'll submit. Like right. that is the actually the um, less severe yeah. call. So submission is protection. Mm. That I, I've learned this that these men are above me to protect me, um, and I will submit to that wholeheartedly. Wow. Now um, I know the theological disputes about women speaking to men, teaching men, preaching to men. Um, what is it? It is First Corinthians 14, mm-hmm. 1 Timothy 2 are like the main yep. ones. Um, and I also want to say I studied these. I read blogs. I went to my male leaders who I respect because I love, I know y'all don't, this is an <laughs> audio podcast. I'm holding the Bible. I love this word. Yeah. I trust this word. Yeah. I rely on this word. This is our firm foundation. Mm-hmm. And so I never knowingly want to work in direct opposition to right. what this is right. and what our God has set up. Mm. And so as they were asking me to preach, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. help me. Mm. Because I see both sides. Yep. Help me. And um, through those conversations and through my personal study and through my personal prayer, um, I believe God, like I said, sanctified me as a helper and freed me up that if men who are the leader chose to delegate to me their authority, um, that I'm not only blessed to teach on that platform, I'd be disobedient if I didn't. Wow. Because to me, that's a, just a, I'm submitting to their authority. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They said, we want you to preach this on this date, on this platform. Mm. Yes, I will okay. submit to that. Wow. Um, and so I also want to say this. As for people who may be listening to this who don't agree that women should teach, um, who will not allow women to teach in your church. I want to say I honor and respect that. I, again, realize the weight that you carry and the responsibility you feel for your people and your sheep. And if you feel like that is not best for your congregation, I honor and bless that. Mm. I didn't used to. I used to, again, this like, but again, that was my sin to prove. And I honor and respect that. And that's how you feel. I'm not, I do not feel like me or any other woman has any entitlement to your platform. Um, so I respect you yeah. and I honor you. Um, but ultimately, as long as my brothers and my leaders see fit to delegate to mm-hmm. me their authority to preach sometimes from whatever platform, 
then with their blessing, the power of the Holy Spirit, mm. the authority of this word, I'm going to mm. proclaim like the kingdom is actually right. real. Like this word has ultimate authority. Like right. what I'm saying has truth and I'm going to challenge and I'm going to operate in the anointing God's given me mm. um, with every bit of breath and passion I have because I believe it's what God has called me to and the male leadership I'm under has blessed and honored that. Wow. Because ultimately like, this isn't about me mm. and it's not about you and it's not mm. about who's in leadership and who isn't. Again, this is about his kingdom come, That's his right. will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Right. And at my church and in this context, for whatever reason, my brothers and men around me have said, hey, we'd like to do this beside you. I'm like, whatever I can do to help you, I want to help because yeah. you're carrying a lot. So if this is how I can help you, then I'm going to study this thing mm. as much as I can and I'm going to try as much as I can to, to, um, not be an expert, but mm. be headed there. And, um, man, that's what, that's what it's all about. Wow. So that was a lot. That's amazing though. But I wanted to make sure I covered all bases. Well, that's why I asked you the question. Cause I right. knew you would handle it with grace. You'd handle it with honor. And, um, and so thank you yeah. for that. Mayor, this has been awesome. Thanks, Dave. I wish we could talk, chat it. for another hour. What Holy else? cow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure we've got plenty of other questions. Right. And maybe we can do that at another time. It'd be awesome. But thank you again for thank taking you. this time. This Thanks awesome. so much. Davey, that was such a good episode. It Whew. only made me more convinced that I need Mare to come to St. Louis and just sing for me in my living room. She gave me a little taste of her voice. I like what I heard. I want more. Yes, you do. You could be, I mean, she could be the one man show where she leads you in worship and then preaches a sermon yes. for you. And you're like, okay, that's, that's church right there. That's all I needed. That's amazing. <laughs> she, was, she was, by the way, um, the female vocalist on an album that we recorded in honor of Amanda uh, called Ever With Me. So oh, no you can actually way. find the album on iTunes. We recorded, we live, like, um, live recorded the album uh, at Amanda's home church, First Baptist Church in Elkhart, on the year anniversary of her death in oh, honor wow. of her. And it was some music that we had written uh, just to um, just to convey kind of the grieving process, but also just hope in the midst of that. And so if you're looking for some some good music, some good worship music, and um, a couple of the songs feature Mare in that. Incredible vocalist, Ever With Me, is the album you can search on iTunes under Resonate Worship. So, But she's incredible. Yeah. We real. have, by the, as a reminder, we have another interview with her for our partners, our monthly partners. Say what? So if you want to get in on that extra interview with her, make sure you go to nothingiswasted.com slash partners and sign up to make a recurring monthly tax deductible donation. That's the thing. That's what's so great about these, you know, a lot of people use Patreon and stuff like that to kind of garner support for their podcast. But what's great about this is we're offering you an opportunity to, um, to, to give to this ministry to help us continue to fund mm -hmm. the ministry, to, to support it. So we keep getting this message of hope and healing out there for people. And you're able to get a tax break on that as well. So it's really cool how we've been able to, to finagle that for you. Yeah, for sure. And if you were on iTunes uh, looking for um, that album that Davey just talked about, you can check out Ryan um, at Sleeping at Last. And um, Speaking of great music. 
speaking of great music, speaking he of provides great music. <laughs> all the great music for the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. That's right. And um, my favorite of his work besides the Nothing Is Wasted podcast is uh, music is the Enneagram songs that yes. he's made. They're so pretty good. incredible. So you should check him out and listen to this clip from next week's episode with Molly Huffman. So Tage Thomas was born um, in March of 2014, and uh, he was beautiful and wonderful. And I um, just thought, okay, this is it. I'm finally getting all the things um, that I want. And uh, so things progressed just fine. And then when he was about six months old, um, we started to notice some things were significantly off. Um, he wasn't smiling. He wasn't making eye contact. Um, and he wasn't growing, um, at the rate that we had hoped. And so, um, long story short, we, uh, were told that he had a genetic disease, um, called Lay's disease and, um, that it, it would be terminal. Um, it was very rare, and uh, but of the cases that were documented, children didn't live past a year. And and I can just remember standing in the hospital, uh, you know, just like, Lord, what are you doing? 